Hi there, everybody. Tom Whitcomb here, host of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I'm taking my show, Ignorant, on tour through September. So if you live in Brisbane, Newcastle, or Wollongong, please come along and see a show. That's Brisbane on Thursday, the 15th of September at Good Chat Comedy Club. Newcastle on Sunday, the 18th of September at Newcastle Comedy Club. And Wollongong on Friday, the 23rd of September at the Side Door Theatre. I would love to see you there. If you want to get tickets, you can find them in the show notes or go on my Instagram bio or just Google it and you'll find it. I really hope to see you there. Please tell your friends, tell your family. I could use the support. Hopefully I'll see you there. Otherwise, please enjoy the pod. See ya. Oh, hello, and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm back, back in the land of Australia. I was going to go with an adjective of some description, but uh, I panicked halfway through. The land of what? What is Australia the land of? Tall poppy syndrome and... Man, this does not bode well for the rest of this podcast. This is where my improv skills are at right now. It's great to be back, though. I do love it here. What a great country we live in, if you're, you know, white and middle class. Great country to live in uh, if you are me. And really, who else is there at the end of the day? So good to be back at, uh, you know, the country with a fledgling comedy scene and no career opportunities for me. That's uh, that's what no, I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it. I'm not secretly living in London already. In the back of my mind, that's not happening. I've had multiple people, multiple people in the last couple of weeks say, "Hey, does anyone from your job listen to your podcast?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." And you're like, "Fuck!" They were like, "Fuck!" You'd, you'd hope not, given the way you go on about it. And um, I just want to clear up a few things. If anyone from my work is listening, or just for, for the listener, I want to be clear. I love my job, okay? I do. I love it. It's, it's such an amazing place to work. It's such a great career. But you have to remember, I'm here talking to the masses. I'm here talking to your everyday Australian or international guy and girl. I'm going to presume you guys hate your lives and are living what can only be described as a miserable existence. And I'm trying to relate to you. I'm trying to cross the gap to you guys and say, "Oh, I'm I'm just I'm just like one I'm just like one of you guys. I'm just like one of one of you loyal listeners. You know, I too hate my job. Now, deep down, uh, there is nothing about my life that is remotely like yours. I'm on top of the world. Every day is a gift. Uh, but if I came on and I and I and I talked about that, it would just sound like gloating, wouldn't it? For thirty minutes, you wouldn't want to listen to that. So here I am. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you know when uh, when Ryan Reynolds goes on late night TV and pretends his supermodel wife is just like uh, every other wife in Middle America. He's like, yeah, she's she's a sure she's good looking, Jimmy. But did you know uh, when she farts, it is uh, it's something. She doesn't she doesn't fart, Ryan. 
we all know she's had the, the, the ability to fart surgically removed, all right? She's an A-list Hollywood celebrity. There is no way she's anything like anyone any of us have ever met. She's more robot than human. She's, the, she's like Mark. I saw some very great memes about Mark Zuckerberg. Apparently, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, there's a headline, Mark Zuckerberg uh, says that waking up and being the CEO of Meta every day is like waking up to a punch in the gut. And I saw a meme that said the AI is learning to be more like us. So good. So funny. So love my job. It is the best. I mean, really, stand-up comedy is just in case my career in advertising doesn't work out. It's just good to have a backup. It's good to have somewhere to go if, uh, if plan A doesn't go as intended. And here I am. Here, here I am. This is, this, is this is a big old safety net, this podcast. Big old financial safety net. Big, uh, big cash injection into the household. I'm recording this on a Sunday morning, unusual, usually, usually on a Thursday, but no, I'm at home recording a comedy podcast. My, my partner is out training for a half marathon, running 18 kilometers. Meanwhile, I uh, ate a small piece of toast and now my tummy hurts. So just if you can get a, a good gauge as to where our physical attributes are at, do you ever get the feeling your body hates you? I don't know what it is. My body is just, just constantly reminds me, hey, we could shut this thing down at any moment. All right. You think you're going to have a good day today? We'll see about that. We'll see, we'll see how good, we'll see how good you feel when you just have a low-lying stomach anxiety the entire day. A little, a little piece of toast at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't even drink last night. I had some toast and peanut butter, and now it's now now my, now my tummy hurts. Podcasting, what a medium! I bet you guys are glad you tuned into this. I, f- I flew back in on Tuesday morning, no jet lag, too strong for it, too strong. Can't handle peanut butter and toast. Can handle a ten-hour time difference. I don't know how to explain that to you. Got back in, flew with uh, with Singapore Airlines, and I I had to, this this felt like a this felt like a personal attack. I was uh, was on the flight. We were uh, getting ready to take off when we were getting the uh, instruction videos on the... We getting the, the safety instruction videos on the back of the seats in the TV uh, just so we can all pretend if this plan goes down, some of us might live. Of course not. It's a hack joke. The safety brace position never saved anybody. Also, at what stage do you just presume everyone knows where the fucking safety vest is? Okay. That, that, that should, you know what, that should, there would be enough people there who have flown more than a few times in their lives where they go, look, we're not going to show you the safety video. If this is your first time flying and we crash and by some miracle you survive, just look at what everyone else is doing, okay? There's some stuff under the seat. There's a whistle for some reason. You'll figure it out or you won't. Let's be honest, no one's coming. When was the last time a major airliner crashed and people survived? All right, this is this is Malaysia MH370 at best. Best case scenario, no one sees you ever again. So, so at least then they can hold on to the the faint belief there's a lost style island out there that you're living on. 
And they're showing the safety video on Singapore Airlines. And I don't know, they might claim this was an accident. I feel like this was just rubbing it in. They showed everyone in economy the business class safety video. It, it like, and I'm not saying that was just the safety video was set in business class. No, 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 it, it was branded. The Singapore business class safety instruction video. Do you know in business class, they get a different seatbelt? In business class, they get the, the cross strap across your torso, like in a car, as well as around your waist. Now, granted, neither of them are going to save you when you crash into the Pacific Ocean at 12,000 kilometers an hour. That would be fast. 12,000 kilometers an hour, you, you would be Sydney to London in less than an hour. It might be slower than that. I might have done my math wrong on that one. But even just, just the fact that they can't, I guess they just want to let business class know. I like the idea that they say to business class, like, hey, 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 so um, those cross-lap seatbelts that we have out in coach, those don't do shit, all right? Realistically, that's just going to compress their organs even further if they make it that far. They won't be awake to realize it or alive. But, uh, but hey, hey, don't, 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 don't tell them we told you this. Cross, cross torso. Cross torso, you'll be fine, all right? Make sure... Make sure it's like an attachment to the waist one. They bring out a secondary seatbelt just for the business class people, just for the people who think that $6,000 for an extra 20 hours of comfort is worthwhile. That's who those are for. Who knows what first class have? First class are in some kind of anti-gravity pods. They don't hit anything when the plane goes down. Such questionable... Such a questionable media strategy, and and, uh, I'd know all about that because I, I do it in this job that I love. Uh, the, you know, the true passion. See, even, I was, I'm just trying to make a joke, but even now it just sounds like I'm being inherently and quite violently ironic. But that was never the intention. The other thing they should, again, just, just poor, just, just didn't think this through. I think because I work in advertising, I do think this, I think about this stuff a little bit more than most people would. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in economy, I've, I've loaded up a movie, and it starts with an ad, as it has to, you know, because you got to subsidize the in-flight entertainment. I spent $2,000 so I could watch three of the eight Fast and Furious films. And not the first three or the last three, three in the middle. God knows why. And it starts with an ad for Patek Philippe. I'm sitting in an economy, and they're serving me an ad for Patek Philippe. Wrong audience. If I booked my flight through Webjet, I probably don't have cash for a $12,000 watch, all right? I'm sitting in economy. I'm about to watch the first of the Harry Potter films. Do you think I have Patek Philippe money? I'm going back to the Philosopher's Stone. No, Nobody with, a f- with five figures to spend on a watch... Is, is viewing anything Daniel Radcliffe has ever put out. At best, they're attending his Broadway show where he gets his dick out. That's, that's the, the, as far as they're willing to go. Do you remember that? He was still uncomfortably young as well. I don't know, it was West End, and he, uh, he gets naked on stage. You could, you could pay and go and see Harry Potter's dick on stage under the guise of art. What a time to be alive. Got to bring that back. It was the original OnlyFans. OnlyFans on stage and live. 
I'm wearing my Roosters jersey at the moment. You might not be able to see it. You won't. I'm not going to put these up on YouTube anymore. I'm just opening myself up. Just the fact that you can Google my name and you can see that this gets 37 views. That's too painful. I'm not opening myself up to that anymore. Plus, you can leave comments. I went through this at, at, at ad nauseum a few weeks ago. I'm not... I'm, I'm not opening myself to any more comments and I absolutely have to. Um, but uh, huge, huge result for Sydney Roosters on, on Friday night. It was uh, absolutely massive. My partner came home. I haven't seen her for two weeks. So when we'd, we'd kind of, you know, I've been back on Tuesday. This was Friday. She walks in the door. I don't even make eye contact. Bigger things were happening. All right. This was one of the biggest regular season games uh, in all of August, and uh, I, I'll be damned if I was going to miss it. Because we get in that time of year, finals time, it's crunch time in Australian sport right now, and last night I was at the pub, and uh, a couple of people walked in, uh, a couple, a, a man and a woman, wearing Sydney Swan scarves. And I thought to myself, isn't it the bye week in the AFL? Isn't, isn't there a week off between the end of the season and then the finals? I didn't think the Swans were playing this weekend. And so I got my phone out. Um, and I realized the Sydney Swans were playing uh, in the AFLW. So, you know, technically I was right. The Swans were not playing. Let's let's be honest. 56-24, another fucking nail-biter in the AFLW. What a game. I said this to my partner. I'm pretty much just repeating verbatim what I said to my partner at the table. She didn't find this very funny, but I thought you guys might uh, because I did. You know, look, the AFLW... I'm all for it existing. I think it's great that women can see themselves reflected in sport. Uh, just don't ever take me there. All right? I, I just think attending women's sport is ultimately an act of charity, and, and my ticket to uh, the women's ashes should be tax deductible. That's how I feel, but doesn't mean it, does, it shouldn't exist. I think, you know, the AFLW is like... Uh, a modern art museum. I think it's great it exists, but I never want to go. That is how... Look, here's, here's the, the reason I, I bring this up at all. Do any women listen to this podcast? Any at all? If there's a woman listening who isn't biologically related to me, get in touch, please. I honestly mean this. Please send me a DM. I would love to know. Because I presume not. And if so, then I can really stop holding back. Okay then I can finally realize I am, I am performing exclusively to men and, uh, and, and I can just let loose. And look, I'm using whatever definition of woman you like, the broadest definition possible, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you see a woman as being, if you identify as that, you let me know. I'm eager to find out, all right? You're probably listening to it in the kitchen where you belong. See, this is a taste of what I could bring to you once I know that no women are listening. I really wish... This is, this is just... Now I'm, I'm bearing my soul. I'm, I'm not. The, the, the filter of Tom Whitcomb Comedian recedes for a moment. When, I, when women come to my shows and laugh, it means so much more to me than any man. You know, it, it is... When, when a woman can come and, be, and, and just see that these are jokes... Such and the best is if, especially if in like the same kind of eye line where I can see them simultaneously, a woman having a great time and a woman, have, a woman having an awful time, peak. That is ideal because then I have the, the self-justification 
and the uh, the reassurance that there are women out there who can understand these are jokes, plus the sweet, sweet taste of a woman with no sense of humor having her feelings hurt. Those, that's the dream. That's why I'm in this thing to begin with. The, the sort of, the feel good and the schadenfreude simultaneously. That is what I'm aiming for. Until that woman comes up and talks to me after the show and says, oh, I heard about you. We were talking about you in my uh, pro-life circle. Uh, and we agree, women should know their place. I know I do. That's what I don't want, all right? So, it, look, but as long as I don't talk to them after the show, I never have to go down that uh, that road. And uh, I'm looking at my notes. I, I, I'm sorry, I trailed off mid-thought there. I was like, I'm trying to jump. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the ball in the air, keep moving, keep it going forward. And I almost saw the time. I don't want to look at the time. I don't know how much longer I have. I think I've, I think... If I had to guess how much longer I have to talk for, I would say it is a lot more than I hope. It's you will be, especially if I'm like I've got plans. the The best case scenario is I'm talking and just random things pop up. Should I? I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. You guys know at home. This is this is a fun little interact. You know how long I have left. Thirty minutes is my contract to you. Thirty minutes is the minimum. I'm gonna look. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm going to guess I've been doing this. You look. You look at your screen and tell me, and I'm going to guess I've been doing this for 12 minutes. I'm going to guess 12 minutes. And that is me being harshly realistic. Like, I, I would much, I would, if I looked over and it was 17 minutes, I'd be feeling pretty good. I'd be feeling, because I've got a few little last things that I can hit few little topics just kind of massage them bring bring them just extend them out a little bit and then I'm there but 12 less than halfway that's a concern that's a real concern for all involved especially you especially no not oh, I don't know you're listening anyway what's 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 so now I'm stuck in my head look I'm gonna be honest with you guys this whole bit this whole thing I'm doing right now just, this is just me stretching it out. This is this is me, you know, adding a little bit of extra flour to the mix just to bulk it out, make it feel like more of a meal. I don't know. Should I check? Here's the other thing. I'm going to add a little, um, I'll add an in, a little intro this week. I'll add a little thing of 30, minute, 30 seconds a minute up top. That's good. Add that in. That'll stretch it out a bit more. I think I need to start, I'm, I'm going to start with, you know, this is what I'm going to talk about this week. So you know to stick around for the part where I make fun of the AFLW because you might sit through the first 10 minutes and be like, I'm, none of this is for me, but I do want to hear him hang shit on women's sport again and again and again. And that's how you create lifelong fans. That's what I'm looking for. I need to make the most of this as well because honestly, women's sport is genuinely getting better all the time. And people are genuinely getting more interested in it. And it's going to become harder and harder to make fun of it. Now's peak. Now is the peak time to be making fun of women's sport because it is still really bad sometimes. You know those YouTube videos where people just put in the compilations of women's sport being terrible as if you couldn't make those compilations for men's sport as well? But no, where, where, where you just have like clip after clip 
of uh, they are very funny. I do enjoy them a lot. Of like professional female basketballers air airballing two pointers from fourteen feet. I love that. That's my dog going nuts. Nineteen minutes. Nineteen minutes. Better than I thought. Oh, my dog. So. This is actually, this is what I was going to talk. You've, you've heard my dog go nuts because someone's just come to the door. Uh, I'm coming to the terms of the fact my dog has anxiety. All right. It's taking me a while to get there. I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was just a dog. I really, the, the, I mean, two, I, two of my least favorite things, the proliferation of mental illness where every single person has some kind of mental disorder and the anthropomorphization Oh, fuck, that's a good word. Gee, that's gee, that anthropomorphization. I don't know if I've said it correctly, but the fact that I kind of know it is still quite impressive. The humanification of animals. This fur baby calling your calling the dog owner mum. And, and you know what the worst part is? I I'd fucking do it. I'd do it as well, but I hate it. It really irritates me. And I'm I'm wrapping both of those things up together by diagnosing, and this, I mean, third one, self-diagnosis. Everyone's got autism, don't they? Suddenly everybody's got autism because we all find social situations awkward. Isn't that weird? Because we're not all charismatic extroverts. We must be autistic. What else could it be? So here I am, self-diagnosing my fur baby with anxiety. Truly, truly uh, just a, a hot mess of cultural issues in 2022. And it's taken me a while to come to terms with that because I do, I, it, re, it really irritates me, this whole dog's getting psychotherapy, my dog has depression. It's like, no, your dog's a dog. Your dog's a dog and it's sad because you're out 14 hours a day. Maybe that's it. Have you thought about that? Maybe your dog uh, has anxiety because you haven't walked it this week. Could that possibly be it? But no, not, not me. No, my dog, my dog has generalized anxiety disorder brought up by some kind of childhood trauma. Maybe it's because it got neutered when it was six weeks old. Who knows? Who's to say? Maybe it's because it got ripped from its mother and all of its siblings before it could walk properly. Could that be it? Did this podcast get very sad very quickly? I don't know. But uh, look, for a long time, I, I just thought this is a training issue. We can... This, these are the symptoms. My dog goes nuts every time anyone comes to the door. Anyone, anyone comes, anytime anyone comes to our house, goes crazy. Uh, can't help but like jump on every human it sees. Uh, and then, if if you ever remove it from a social situation, just just whines, just whines the whole time. Yesterday there was a handyman in our kitchen, and the dog was locked in the bedroom and just whinging, the whole, just crying for minutes. Even when I was there with it, just crying, just pure, just pure FOMO. What's going on out there? Could I be getting pats? Am I missing out on pats and treats right now? Just in case, I'm going to cry for the next ten minutes, just just to let you know how I feel about it. It irritates me to no end. And for a long time, I, like I said, I thought I could just train my dog out. We'll just exercise it better. We'll just we'll just get it out of the house, more fresh air. Uh, we'll, we'll reward it when it's quiet, and we'll. Uh, We'll punish it when it's loud and, and, and really emphasise the punishment. Like really, like just fucking smack, smack. You can't smack your dog when people are looking anymore, but you can do it at home as much as you want, allegedly. I'm not saying that I do it. I'm just saying, uh, you know, 
it's a real dogs. It's a real godsend that dogs can't show bruises. So, uh, for a long time, I thought, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to deal with this. Uh, and now I'm like, give me the fucking pills, all right? Let's get some dog grade benzodiazepines in this miniature labradoodle immediately. You know, my, my, I have a seven kilo miniature labradoodle. As far as the vet is concerned, I have a twenty eight kilo Great Dane. Give me the largest quantity in the highest concentration of anti-anxiety medications. While we're in it, just throw in some antipsychotics. Uh, let's get some, uh, some some mood stabilizers, some mood lifters, whatever you can give me. 100 milligrams of Prozac for my dog immediately, please and thank you. I remember for a long time, do you ever, you ever see that Louis Through documentary about, um, about kids with autism? It's called America's Medicated Children. I remember watching that at 16 and thinking, these parents are so irresponsible. Just too lazy to do real parenting. They just shove medication down their children's throats in the hope that it'll solve that problem. And now I'm thinking, give my children those drugs out of the womb. Let's, let's premeditate as many mental disorders as physically possible. I mean, sure, my baby's too young to see colors yet, but that must be anxiety-inducing. Let's get some benzodiazepines in the bottle. Straight out of the net, maybe if my partner takes enough herself, it'll just lactate through her, and we can just naturally breastfeed. I mean, if it's in a liquid, it's probably going to hit a little bit faster. Oh, it's too hard. It's too much to deal with. I've got my own anxiety to worry about. Now, is there a chance my dog is picking up on my stress levels? Is it perhaps my jitteriness that is putting it off, off guard? Almost certainly. So look, I'll take some of the dog's pills too. I don't want to go to a doctor and deal with it. I'm going to go, maybe maybe that's what I, if I can go to the vet and just tell the vet my symptoms, then we can just split the pills. I'll just, I'll, or I'll just take them all. Let's go, yeah, the dog's... Uh, the dog's pretty skittish these days. Can't eat a piece of toast without upsetting its stomach. You're fitting your dog toast? Don't worry about it. Well, why do, you, why do you think your dog's stressed? Oh, there's just a lot going on at work right now, and he's got a really stray relationship with his father. That's, uh, that's funnier about the dog, because the dog wouldn't know who its father is. I mean, the vet might not even know. I mean, the breeder, rather. And yes, we got our dog from a breeder. This is the other thing. I used to think because so much of this is about uh, so much of this is about where would where did any dogs have mental health issues twenty five years ago? That's I think that's the thing you hear, especially like my parents' generation being like dogs these days with their anti anxiety medication and dog psychologist. It's ridiculous. It's so silly. Why would you do that? Yeah, but we weren't breeding dogs to be Instagram models twenty five years ago. Any, these these dogs are being we're, we're we're so intent. All right, it's like what what okay. So what does what does this dog need? What are your what are your must haves for this breed of dog? Okay, uh, hypoallergenic, doesn't shed, doesn't smell, loves people, never gets angry, uh, never lashes out, never bites anything, um, eats as little as possible. Uh, and I think that should just about do it. Okay, um, so we can do that, uh, but your dog is going to be mentally ill. That's okay. 
I'm not really concerned about how my dog experiences life uh, just as long as, as, as it does wonders for my social media presence. And boy, has he. I mean, every, you're giving your dog, every single dog that has any visual aesthetic to it whatsoever seems to have an Instagram page now. Of course they have body image issues. Why wouldn't they? These airbrushed poodles. Setting unrealistic expectations for my dog. Too too much. It is too much. Look, I don't know if you guys look at the time as intently as I am. 28 minutes. We're pretty close. We're almost there. I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've been watching uh, a lot of... Um, well, let me start this way. I've been doing a lot of video editing recently. I've been doing a lot of video editing for some exciting stuff coming out. September 29th. Who knows what might... Something might be happening. September 20, Thursday, September 29th. Put it in your diary. Put it in your diary with no subject title because you don't know what I'm referring to. But... Uh, Look, okay, September 29th, I'm going to be releasing... This is why I was hesitant to say this. I'm going to release my last, uh, my comedy special. It's called Ignorant. It's the show that I did at the Sydney Comedy Festival this year. The reason I didn't want to bring it up is I'm also doing it on tour in uh, Wollongong, Newcastle, Brisbane. So I'm really worried if I announce it too soon, people will be like, well, we could spend $20 on a ticket or we could watch it for free on YouTube literally five days later. Don't do that. Do both. Come to the show... Bring a friend. It'll be better live. Trust me. Uh, pl- please come. But um, I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching the just videos of my because I have to do so much video editing. I've got to chop it up into YouTube clips and Instagram reels and TikToks and all all the rest of it. And uh, you know, you know how people talk about this all the time. It's just having to watch your own face and, and listen to your own voice is just the, the worst feeling in the world. And I can only assume the people that say that are, uh, you know, far less attractive, intelligent or uh, talented than I am because I'm loving it. It's an absolute joy. I, I mean, I, I, get to, I get to watch some of the greatest comedy of all time over and over and over and over again and see things I didn't see the first time. It's layered, it's built. Um, it, it truly is. I If I'm enjoying it this much, I can't, even begin to tell you what a joy and a thrill and uh, a pleasure it'll be for all of you. Um, and so in, in 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 kind of anticipation for that, I'm doing a whole bunch of podcasts. I'm, I'm hopping on podcasts. So uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema, uh, Beck Childwood's podcast is uh, the first one on the three. I'm doing Community Notice Board. I'm doing Frenchie's podcast. Just trying to get another bunch and just kind of let people know that this thing is coming. And... Uh, so for my for the uh, ladies' guide to do cinema, the the premise is uh, there's two girls, Alex J and Beck Charwood, who watch movies that men frequently push down women's throats and discuss it. And sometimes they have guests on. I'm the guest. My movie of choice, Team America: World Police. I'm so excited to watch it. I haven't seen it in so long. Um, if you recall, it's the South Park movie made with puppets. And I'm I don't know. I, I'm I'm in two minds because on the one hand, I remember it as being the funniest fucking thing in the world. I I mean, I might just end up just skipping straight to the sex scene and watching the puppet sex scene over and over and over again. And if you haven't seen that movie, that's a very weird sentence. But if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I mean. But I mean, like any of this shit, right? Maybe I'll go back and watch this movie that I haven't seen since I was probably. 
I might have watched it in my 20s, maybe. Probably more like like 18 or 19. I'm going to be devastated if it's bad. Surely it won't be bad. Those South Park guys. Also, they have, a, they have an Asian puppet character who says all its L's is R's. They have a musical number called I'm So Ronery. How could that not live up to any committee expectation in any era? That's timeless. That is truly timeless. Uh, so, I mean, I wish I could tell you that was going somewhere. I wish I could tell you I had some hot take on Team America or the South Park guys, the way their career has gone. Book of Mormon's good. I'll tell you that. But, uh, you know, guys, I was, I was filling time. I was at 27 minutes. I owed you another four, and here we are. We're, we're all done. Um, it feels like pretty anticlimactic with the, with the benefit of hindsight, doesn't it? It feels like, feels like that should have been going somewhere, but, uh, but it, it didn't. It, it, it really didn't. So uh, that's the show. As I fumble with... Oh, there it is. A bit of music coming in. Thank you for listening yet again. We're getting through them. Getting through, what's this, 27 episodes? My word. What a, what a time to be alive for all of you. Imagine, imagine after 100 episodes when I really know what I'm doing. That's worth sticking around for. That's worth sticking around another 18 months. Who knows where things will be mid-2024. But until then, it's a work in progress, isn't it? Like all of life. That's that's pretty deep. Oh, I had another thing I was going to talk. I'll talk about it next week. Don't worry about it. Don't you? What? I can't give it all to you all at once. So until next time, I've been Tom Whitcomb. You've been showing respect, etc. See ya. <laughs>